All right. Ladies, fall conference is pretty awesome. I hope you're ready. It's going to be good. Well, grab your Bible. You can open it to Ephesians chapter 5, or you can turn it on to Ephesians chapter 5, whichever you like to do. We've been in a series talking about what it means to be in Christ and to live in Christ, and we've been looking at Ephesians and studying it well. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today and be reminded about how important the Holy Spirit is in our life. I was thinking about our topic this morning and reminded about something that Jesus said in John chapter 10. He said something very challenging to everyone who wants to believe in him, wants to live for him. And he said this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, this is a long-standing biblical illustration. It's a long-standing, even Middle Eastern idea that uh, sheep and goats and farm animals were agricultural and a big part of life during that day. And so a lot of, a lot of life was about having some animals around you that could provide you with the things that were needed throughout daily life. And shepherds and sheep were seen everywhere and often, and it also became kind of an illustration of what it meant to have a relationship with the Lord. And so what Jesus is saying is, I'm the shepherd, and you're the sheep, and this is the relationship that we're in. You listen to my voice, and I know who you are, we're in relationship, and you follow me. And so this relationship that we see, this very, very important and close and deep relationship is a long-standing illustration that we see throughout Scripture. In fact, one of the most well-known Scriptures is about this idea, right? If you know it with me, repeat it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This famous psalm, the most famous one we probably have, is this idea that the Lord is our shepherd and that we are his sheep and his sheep listen to his voice. Now, Paul's been talking about this close relationship that we have with Jesus in Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 5 and how you and I choose to live for Jesus. That this part of our life that we've committed to, all of our life that we committed to, is about loving and serving and being in relationship with Jesus. And we began this conversation, this really, Paul began this long conversation, this long discourse on what it means to live for Jesus way back in chapter 4. In fact, it was verse 23 that we looked at and put an emphasis on when Paul first said something really, really important about what it means to live for Jesus and how you and I can even accomplish that in the day in which we live. In verse 23, he said this, instead, remember that word? In fact, can you repeat it to your neighbor? Instead, okay? So instead, what does that mean? It means I could do it this way, but instead I'm gonna do it this way. I could live life this way, but instead, I'm going to live life this way. That's what Paul's asking us to do. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts 
and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now here's what's interesting, right? Paul says this, you and I, created by God, can have our own thoughts and our own attitude. Amen? Does everybody have their own attitude? Yeah, we all do. Do we all have our own thoughts? We absolutely do. But Paul says what? Instead of living out your own thoughts and your own attitude, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude. Now, I don't know about you. If your attitude is like mine, it probably needs to get renewed. <laughs> but here's what Paul says. Instead of doing life your way, let the Holy Spirit lead you. We're going to look at another verse today that is at the end of this discourse about what it means to live for Christ. And Paul's going to say this in verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So don't give in to everything that your physical body wants you to. Instead, live a supernatural life. Be filled with the Spirit. So in this long discourse that Paul gives us, we have two bookends. Both started with this word, instead. At the beginning of the discourse, it's instead renew your thoughts and attitudes in the Holy Spirit. At the end of the discourse, is don't live your life based on your physical desires and wants. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. When Jesus was close to the end of his life, and he was heading to the cross, and he knew it, and he began to share some of the most important things that he was sharing with his disciples that he knew that they would need when he left. They didn't understand this yet, that, that he was leaving and that he was going back to heaven. And so he, he needed to remind them of some things, communicate some things, give them some new theology. And Jesus said several things throughout John chapter 14, all the way through John chapter 16. And most of what he talks about is the Holy Spirit. That when I leave, I'm not just going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said two kind of important things. In John chapter 14, verse 15 and 17, he said, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. An advocate is capitalized because he's referring to the Holy Spirit, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. And then in John 16, 13 through 15, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Now, Jesus stressed two things about our relationship with him. And these two things would be wrapped up in you and I having a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus basically, to sum it all up, said this, I want you to listen and obey. I want you to listen and obey. That's what Psalm 23 says. That's what Jesus meant when he said, uh, my sheep listen to my voice and they obey me. But now Jesus is doing something interesting. 
He's transitioning the disciples. He's transitioning them from himself to the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus is always going to be our Savior, but the way we live for Christ and the way we live in Christ and the way we discover we're in Christ and the way we are guaranteed we're in Christ, Ephesians 1 said, remember that, that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of us being in Christ? If that's all true, then you and I must also have a really good personal relationship with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus talked about that, and now Paul is talking about it. And so Jesus said it's really important for us to believe in the Holy Spirit, and it's really important for us to connect with the Holy Spirit because he's the one that's talking today. He's the one that's glorifying Jesus. He's the one that's always pointing us to Jesus. He's the one that is caring for us, comforting us, convicting us, giving us direction. The Holy Spirit is doing that. He's the one in operation today. See, Jesus' word and John are important for us today as his followers. And Paul has been stressing that all the way through the discourse in Ephesians and especially in chapter 4 and chapter 5. And what we've been discovering is that living for Jesus means living in the Spirit. Living for Jesus means living in the Spirit. Let me explain it this way. There is a big difference between believing in Jesus and living for him in our own strength and believing in Jesus and living in the strength the Holy Spirit gives us. Huge difference. One is I'm doing all the work. I'm doing all the effort. And we know what happens when we do all the work and all the effort, don't we? We get tired, weak, frustrated, and it normally doesn't work out so well. But when we operate in the Holy Spirit's strength and in the Holy Spirit's power, we have exactly what we need for every single day. So there's a big difference between living for Jesus in our own strength and living for him in the strength the Holy Spirit gives. And as we look at Ephesians chapter 5, the end of this discourse about living in the Spirit's power the Apostle Paul talks to us about how important it is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so look at it with me today, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 20. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul gave us lots of things to look at today, and we won't have time to get to all of them. And there's several things that I wanted us to look at because I think there's some interesting things that Paul talks about, about living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll talk about four. I think there's about seven or eight things here, but we really have time for four. The first one is this, that living in the Spirit is wise. One of the things that you and I need more than anything today is wisdom. 
Because wisdom is what helps us fear the Lord and live in the Lord. When you are wise, Paul says, you live a careful life. So be careful how you live, he says. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Now, here's what's interesting. This Greek word for careful is the word blepo. Blepo. It's a fun little Greek word. Just say it with me. Blepo. It's, it just rolls off your tongue. It's such a great little word. Now, here's what's interesting. That's the root word for careful. It actually has all kinds of different ways that it is described and attached to with other adjectives and, and other ways that you make this word what it is. But the, this root word, blepo, it means to see. It means to see things clearly. So what, what Paul is saying is godly wisdom is seeing the truth and living in it. And then this word has many different forms to help us understand it even more. The word anablepo means to receive sight or to regain sight. In other words, now that the Holy Spirit's in my life, I have received supernatural sight. Emblepo means to look intently at. It means I'm not just haphazardly going through life. I'm looking intently at what God is asking me to do and I'm doing it. Diablepo means to see clearly. In other words, I, I'm, not, it's, I'm, not, I'm not seeing things dimly. I'm not, they're not shady or fuzzy. I can see clearly what God wants me to do. I can see clearly who Jesus is. And apoblepo means to pay attention to. To pay attention to something. And so when you put all these together, it's really an extraordinary thing that Paul is saying. What he's saying is when we live in the Spirit, we receive the spiritual sight we need to see Jesus. We can look intently at Jesus. We can see Jesus clearly for who he is. And we can pay attention to what Jesus has for our lives. Now the same is true for our world. We can see the world clearly. We can see our situations clearly. We can understand what God wants us to do. We can pay attention to what God is saying because we see the world through God's eyes, not our own. We see the world through God's love, not our own selfishness. This is an extremely important way to live because living in the spirit is wise. Now, scripture is full of sections and verses that are the opposite of this. Because the opposite of wise is foolish. Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 13 when he talked about the culture around him who were starting to live godless lives. And Jesus gives a little bit of advice to the culture at that time. And I think it would be some advice that would be good for our culture today. But it's something that the prophet Isaiah said. And Jesus repeats it. In verse 14, he says, In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. I think that's an interesting section of verses based on how we're starting to move into a future that is really lived around technology. And it's lived around short video clips. 
that we see quickly, but we don't perceive the whole subject. That we hear a snippet of, but we don't understand the full concept. And that's happening everywhere around us, isn't it? It happens on the news. They only give us and show us the thing that they want us to see, but we don't get the full picture. So we never really understand. We never really perceive. We always end up foolish instead of wise. Jesus went on and he said, For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Now here's what I want to point out. If we put all this together, what Scripture is saying is it's the Holy Spirit that opens our eyes and our ears and our hearts to what God is doing so we get to see clearly what Jesus is doing in our own personal life and in the world around us so that we can glorify God in our day. And that's exactly what we need. If we're not careful and we get caught up in our world, then we won't see what we need to see, we won't hear what we need to hear, and our hearts will become hard and we won't glorify Jesus in our day and in our life. So living in the Spirit becomes extremely important. Living in the Spirit gives us a new dimension of wisdom that goes way beyond the natural realm. It goes way beyond educational learning that we all need and that we all understand and that is profitable for our life in this day. But the Holy Spirit's wisdom and the Holy Spirit's learning and the Holy Spirit's education supernaturally goes beyond those things so that you and I can live an even better life in the day in which we live. See, the wisdom the Spirit gives us helps us be grounded people, foundational people that know the truth. Instead of being people that are tossed around by every thought, by every whim, by every word, by every short video that has sent our direction and now we're off on a tangent somewhere where God doesn't want us. God's wisdom helps our minds and our hearts to be focused on the true realities based on God's word, not the confusion of humanity. So the first thing is living in the spirit helps us be wise. Second, living in the spirit helps us make the most of every situation. Verse 16 says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. We make the most of every opportunity by glorifying Jesus in those opportunities, not focusing on our wants and desires in the opportunity. That's how you make the most of an opportunity. Have you ever had a moment where you wanted to share Jesus or do something in Jesus' name and you just froze? Like, you don't have to raise your hand. You too? I have. Lots of times. And don't you hate the feeling that comes after that? Like you, you know you were supposed to say something about Jesus or do something in Jesus' name and you just froze. You just, whatever, for whatever reason, you just uh, I couldn't get going. You feel like you've betrayed a friend. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us break out of that, that frozenness. He's the one that helps us move in power and in confidence and in boldness balanced with grace and truth like Jesus was. 
It's the Holy Spirit that moves us that direction when we're trusting in him. Jesus said to the disciples right before he left, like literally probably minutes before the transfiguration, he said this to them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus said, this life that I'm calling every believer to, the power of this life will be found when you receive the Holy Spirit and you begin to live for him. That's where the spirit to make the most of every opportunity will come into play. See, Paul is encouraging us to glorify Jesus in every opportunity we have. And when we're filled with the Spirit and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, we're listening to him, and then we're moving the direction that he asks us to go, we make the most of an opportunity. See, Christ followers are Spirit-led, wise people. It allows us to make the most of every financial opportunity that the Lord has given us to be generous and kind and loving and glorify Christ and give to his kingdom and further the kingdom of Jesus Christ in our world. We can make the most of every teaching opportunity with our kids and our grandkids and our coworkers as we point them to Jesus with the words of our mouth that are kind and encouraging and loving and gracious. We can choose to say no to the temptations of the world and the evil that is around us. That's why Paul says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. What Paul is just acknowledging that in the first century, they were very evil days because nothing of the society or the culture in the Greek world or the Roman world and a lot of times even in the Jewish culture was, uh, was based around who God was. And so Paul calls them evil days because society and culture was not based on loving and serving God, just like our day. And so Paul's just mentioning, I recognize that the days that you live in are evil, and so what you need to do is make the most of every opportunity, and the way you do that is by living in the Spirit. Another way we do that is by engaging in deep relationship in the local church. When we're engaged in deep relationship in the local church, and this is our community, and these are the people that we grow in Christ with, then we make the most of every opportunity. And that comes in forms of small group Bible studies and one-on-ones at coffee shops and phone calls and texts and encouraging things. All of it as we live in relationship with one another, in community with one another, because we are the church of Jesus Christ, we make the most of every opportunity to grow to serve Jesus together, and to show the world the love and the salvation of Jesus Christ. See, every day, each of us has opportunities to live for Jesus by living in the Spirit. In fact, it's my personal opinion. If we wake up every single morning and say, Holy Spirit, I want to make the most of whatever you have for me today, that the Holy Spirit will bring you something at least once every day. Some way to glorify Jesus, to be encouraged, to encourage someone else, to give, Something will come your way every single day as you live in the Spirit. Recently, I was talking to a friend, and he was talking to me about making the most of every opportunity in my life financially. 
He, he was challenging me financially to, to live a certain way and to live a certain standard according to God's word. And he was telling me that he, he's been living this way for about 10 years now and following the principles of God's word very passionately, very strictly, obeying the commands of God. And he was telling me that he's at a place now where he gives away one third of his income every year. I was recently watching something the other day and I heard about a guy. He now lives on 10% and gives away 90. Who wants to do that? <laughs> yeah, me too, right? Uh, that's where I want to be, right? I, I, I want to have income like that. Now, God, will God give us income like that if we're not generous or giving? No, he just won't. Because he wants us to be a revolving door. He wants stuff to come in and stuff to go out. But here's what's interesting. He talked to me about how fulfilling it was to make the most of every opportunity as he gives to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. As people come into his life and he can just quickly help. He can quickly be generous. He can quickly meet a need in the name of Jesus. He's making the most of all of his financial opportunities to give and glorify Jesus because he believes that he needs to make the most of every opportunity as he lives for Christ. So he's living in the Spirit. Third, living in the Spirit helps us understand what God wants us to do. What God wants us to do. Verse 17 says this, Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Have you ever said to yourself, I wish I knew what the Lord wanted me to do right now. I'm sure we all have. Lots of times. Like, I wish I knew whether God wanted me to stay at this job or move on. I, I wish that God wanted me to give here or to give there. I, I just wish that God would tell me what to do. In John 14, verse 26, Jesus said this. When the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and he will remind you of everything. So let me ask you a question. If you're trying to do your life in Christ, by yourself, without the Holy Spirit, then you don't have everything. You're not being reminded of all of God's word. The one who wants to help you and wants to tell you about everything and wants to help you know what to do and wants to remind you of everything is the Holy Spirit. But if you say, ah, I'm not so sure about the Holy Spirit and you don't want to live in him, then you're operating in a much lesser dimension than you possibly could because the Holy Spirit will teach us everything and remind us of everything Jesus said. I've been living for Jesus for a while now. Now that I'm 50, I realize that that's longer than I ever thought. I mean, it's like over 40 years now. And that seems crazy to me that I've even been alive that long, but I have to just accept the fact and make the most of the opportunity, amen? Here's what I've discovered after serving Jesus for a while. About 80 to 90% of what God wants me to do, 
the Holy Spirit shows me in this book. If I'm reading it, if I'm studying it, if I'm contemplating it, if I'm not just haphazardly living life, but I'm choosing to live my life based on God's word. About 80 to 90% of my life, the Holy Spirit shows me what to do simply by the words that he's already given us in his word. Now the rest of the time, the 10 to 20% of the time, the Holy Spirit also guides us. He guides us as we seek him in prayer, as we listen to his voice, as we pay attention to other wise people who have lived in Christ for a while, and we allow their life to speak into our life. Now, when you add all that up, it's 100%. And who's doing that? The Holy Spirit is. God's word is. Listening to his voice. Being encouraged by others. All of that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives as we're connected to him. Have you ever had someone ask you what they should do about a specific situation in their life? Maybe they just take you to coffee and they're like, hey, could we chat? I got something going on in my life and I just need to talk to someone. And they begin to share their situation with you and you listen and you contemplate it. And, and often we give some sort of like patented Christian answer, don't we? Like, have you prayed about it? <laughs> or have you found a Bible verse about your situation? And they look at you from across the table and kind of blink. And it sounds like the right Christian answer, doesn't it? Like it just sounds like the right Christian answer. You should pray about it. You should find a verse in God's word about it. Why does that just sound like the right Christian answer? Because it is. It is the right answer. <laughs> That's exactly what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. He's asking us to not act thoughtlessly. Don't act thoughtlessly, Paul says. See, when we make important decisions without praying about it or studying God's word about it, we're acting thoughtlessly. We haven't thought about what God thinks about the situation. What God's asking me to do. What the Holy Spirit wants me to do. And so when you and I give those great patented answers, have you prayed about it? Have you read God's word about it? That is actually the best thing we could possibly do. Because that's not acting thoughtlessly. To just do whatever we want to do is to act thoughtlessly and selfishly and to leave God completely out of the situation. In that instance, we will never be wise or make the most of an opportunity or discover what it is that God wants us to do. Fourth, living in the Spirit means I'm not impaired by anything. In verse 18, Paul said, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Paul makes it clear. You can either be filled with alcohol or you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You'll make music to the Lord in your heart. And then lastly, what will you also do? You will also give thanks to the Lord all the time. 
No matter what's coming, no matter what you're in, you'll be thankful to the Lord. Now here's what's interesting. Look at this with me. Look at this definition of the word drunk. No, there's two great definitions. Number one, it means being in a temporary state in which one's physical and mental faculties are impaired by the excess of alcohol, intoxicated. But look at the second definition, I love this. Overcome or dominated by a strong feeling or emotion, like the term drunk with power. Well, that's interesting. See, what Paul is trying to say is that there's something interesting about living in the power of the Holy Spirit. The reality is you and I get to choose. And what is our culture telling us? Do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, with whomever you want. Just do whatever you want. Now, what is, what is telling you what you want? My physical body, my urges, my desires. And it's really easy. I don't know if you've noticed this. Have you noticed this? It's really easy for the enemy of my soul to attach himself to those urges and desires and get me to do something that God doesn't want me to do. And so Paul is encouraging us that the people of God, those who are in Christ, they don't live life based on physical desires. They live life based on the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So we're no longer living ba life based on our urges and desires. We're living life based on the Holy Spirit. When a person gets drunk, they're impaired. They're dominated by alcohol or strong feelings. Now Paul says there's only one thing that should dominate our lives, and that's the Holy Spirit. Now here's what's interesting when we look at these definitions. Alcohol or strong feelings are responses that happen in our physical body when the spirit, Paul would say, is not leading our life. When the spirit's not leading our life and our physical body's leading our life, then all kinds of intoxicating things come into our life and it makes us unwise, makes it hard to make the most of every opportunity makes it challenging to know what God wants us to do or to live in God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so Paul is saying, I, I want you to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now this list, it gets pretty long when you think about our strong feelings as well. That means that the list of intoxicating things gets longer and longer. Things like fear, anxiety. Social media can be intoxicating. So can peer pressure. I just got to do what everybody else is doing. Shopping. Shopping? Absolutely. Let me tell you, if you use shopping to cope with your life, then you're not using the Holy Spirit to cope with your life. The Holy Spirit's not leading you through a situation in your life. Shopping's leading your life. It's actually true. You can get... People, there are actual people who get a high from shopping. I don't know any of them. And I, all I can do is say, I praise God. 
every time that I go shopping with Kate that her limit is about 30 minutes. In fact, I'm a longer shopper than she is. She'll tell you. She won't, only, she won't even go to Cabela's with me. She just says, I'm going to get tea somewhere because you're going to be in there forever. And I don't even buy anything. I'm just looking. Gambling, sex, video games. Have you noticed how intoxicating video games have become? Yes. Sports, have you noticed how intoxicating that is? I mean, our culture's wrapped up in it. Before we know it, we're, we're all doing sports and we're not doing Jesus. Paul says, I don't want that for your life. Hobbies, any ungodly things that come out of our mouths. What Paul is trying to clearly communicate to you and me is that the Holy Spirit is really important to our lives. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit will radically change the way that we live for Jesus and that we live in Christ. So we must believe in the Holy Spirit. We must live in the Holy Spirit. When we live in the Holy Spirit, Jesus is seen. The world sees Jesus in us. We are wise. We know what God wants us to do. We know how to make the most of every opportunity. And we're not impaired by anything in this world. In fact, we are truly free. Truly free. Because we're not impaired by anything in this world. Now, as we close, um, I wanted to just share one thing with us that I thought was really important as we think about just sending our kids to school, sending our grandkids, for me now, to school. And for all of us as a church who loves kids, and we love kids here at Cheney Faith Center, amen? amen? Let me just tell us a little bit about why I think this applies to them. One of the most important things we can teach our kids is to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey Him. It's the most important thing. How many of you, what you've always wanted for your kids, your grandkids, other kids, every kid you see, is to honor Jesus when they're not in your presence? Right? Isn't that what we want? Well, if that's what we want, then we have to help them learn who the Holy Spirit is. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that's there when we're not. And by the way, that's the purpose anyway, right? At some point, we're not going to be there. And hopefully all of our training, all of our teaching, all of our wisdom, all of the, God's word, all of our prayer times together, all of our moments in God's word together, all of our times at church and at AMP and at camp and all of those things are to prepare our kids to be out of our presence and walk in the Holy Spirit and love for Jesus on their own. So that means the best thing that you and I can do is help them to listen to the Holy Spirit, train them about how to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey Him. Now our children, they're going back to school. And there's just a couple of things, just a few foolish things that they'll come in contact with. Maybe one or two throughout the year. What's the best way to equip them when those foolish things come along every five minutes of school? Help them to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey Him. There's a great example of this in the Old Testament in the story of Samuel. Remember Samuel? 
His mom couldn't have a child and she was just so frustrated over it. She went to the temple and said, God, if you give me a child, I will dedicate my child to you. And that child was Samuel. So when she had that child and after he was weaned, she brought him to the temple and she gave him to the high priest Eli and said, this, this boy is to be dedicated to the Lord. And Samuel became one of the greatest prophets in all of the Old Testament. But there's a moment that happens in Samuel's life that's just so great. We don't know his exact age. We just know that he's a boy at this time. And he doesn't even really, he's just learning. And God shows up to him one night and just starts calling his name, Samuel. And Samuel jumps out of bed and he runs to Eli and he says, Eli, here I am. And Eli's like, why are you waking me up? Go back to bed. I didn't call you. He goes back to bed and God comes again, Samuel. So Samuel runs to Eli thinking it's Eli again and not understanding yet. And Eli says, go back to bed. And it happens again. And finally, Eli goes, oh, whoa, whoa, oh my gosh. Whoa, this is God talking to Samuel. And so Eli says this to Samuel in chapter three, verse nine. Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. I believe that this is true. And that for us as parents and grandparents, every single child that's raised in a Christian home will have this moment. If you're raising your kids in the Lord, And this book is the foundation of your life. Then every single one of your kids are gonna have this moment. And you get to have the opportunity to tell them, that's God talking to you. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Next time you hear him, just say, your servant is listening. What do you want me to do? In Acts chapter two, verse 17, it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out myself on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. What does that mean? The children of the kingdom of God will be able to hear God and speak his word. But who does that? The Holy Spirit does that. We must be people that are walking in the Spirit. Because here's what is extremely clear in God's Word. There is an inclusion of children and young people who are filled with the Spirit and operating in their spiritual gift when we teach them to listen and obey. And I believe, it's my personal opinion, the children most often listen and obey better than we do as adults. And by the way, that's why Jesus grabbed children when the adults were talking about selfish things and said, hey, you need to have faith like a child or you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. 
Because what are you thinking about right now? <laughs> You're thinking about who's going to be the greatest. And this child's just thinking about being in my presence. This is what it means to listen and obey. Because living for Jesus means living in the Spirit. Would you stand with me? Let's just close in prayer for a minute. That's the timer that I'm supposed to be done 10 minutes ago. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We just, we just thank you for the clarity of your word, for the truth of your word, for the things that your word helps us to understand and how to live for you, Jesus. I pray that you would help every single one of us to understand how important it is to have a relationship with you, Holy Spirit. It's not enough to just serve Jesus in our own strength and in our own power. We need you, Holy Spirit. The day in which we live, these are evil times. We can't live this life in Christ on our own. We need you. So I just pray right now, Lord, that you would fill every single one of us in this room afresh. Every single person watching online, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would fill you afresh right where you're at, in your living room, in your car, wherever you're listening. You would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit all over again. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here because we recognize that in your presence, all things are possible. When we meet together, to glorify Jesus and to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit together, anything can happen. And so we pray for that. We pray for those miraculous things to happen, for healings to happen, for revival to happen, for salvations to come. Holy Spirit, we need you today. We also pray that you would fill us afresh because we need you every single day. Living for Jesus is not a Sunday morning thing. It's an everyday thing. All throughout the day, we're called to be wise and make the most of an opportunity. Help us with that. Help us to see you, to hear you, to understand you in our hearts, and to obey. To say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. What would you like me to do right now? That's living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then just move in the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit to glorify Jesus. That's our prayer this morning, Lord. Help us to be people that live that way. Help us to be people that honor Jesus and glorify Jesus in our time, in our generation, right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite our prayer team up. They're going to come up and they're going to be available. If you'd like to pray, um, you can do that. Don't forget.
Lots of great prayer resources are in the commons. It's a great book of praying the scriptures for your kids and teens and even older children. Go ahead and grab one of those. It'll be a, the best 10 bucks you've ever spent. And um, I also want to remind you to see Pastor Kate in the commons for a family to pray for. And that'll be great. Thanks for being in church this morning. It was great to see you. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.